everybody, welcome to episode 38 of Making It. I'm Bob Claggett. 38. 38. 38. Wow. Here with Jimmy Duresta. What's up, Jimmy? Hi. And David Picciuto. Hey. Hey. How's it going? I'm doing good. Good. We are all getting ready to leave town. Yes. Yes. (laughs) We're all going to go meet in Kansas City in a couple of days. For woodworking, woodworking in America. Who else is driving? Just me? Yeah, just you. You're the only crazy enough person to drive <laughs> to Kansas City. Dave, don't you live like 100 miles away? Uh, yes. Uh, I also don't like driving. so <laughs> it's, And it's way more than 100 miles away. No, it's about 300, right? 300 for you? Maybe uh, I think the drive is eight hours, something like that. Oh, yeah. I think it's 18. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so... We or I, I am flying. I found a really cheap flight a long, long time ago. So, well, I want to bring all my my everyday carry, my star switchblades, all that other stuff. I want to carry with me. So, oh, nice. Yeah, that's I've, why you drive, right? Just so you can carry all your gear. <laughs> yep, I'm gonna bring my yeah. hatchets. I'm gonna bring everything I own in the back of my truck. But now, now you're you're transporting weapons across state lines. No, it's all like tool weapons. They're only illegal in New York, where I am right now. <laughs> Every other state, you can carry basically everything, including handguns and magnums and rifles. In New York City, I'm the only one. I'm like, it might as well be England where I am. <laughs> this is the only city I, I can't carry all the stuff I like to carry, but I do anyway. Nice. So yeah, I got a I got a box of books being shipped out there directly from the printers. I haven't seen the book yet, um, Uh-oh. but apparently it's it's done, and so. Um, I'm not staying at a hotel. I got an Airbnb apartment. So it's trying to figure out where to ship the box to is kind of difficult. But um, Vic Teslin from, um, he's also uh, on, on the same publisher as me and, and is a hand tool guy. Uh, it's being shipped at his hotel. So all oh, should cool. be good. Nice. Now, I was looking at the layout last night. Lee Nielsen's going to be there. Saw Stop, my new friends. I'll tell you about that in a minute. And uh, a couple of good tool supplies are going to be there, Lee Valley. So that's exciting. Yeah, um, and Vic Vic Teslin works for uh, Lee Valley, Lee oh, Valley cool. Veritas. Yeah, so he, I always get Lee Valley and Lee Nielsen confused. Um, right. I have I have a couple of tools from both, but I'm not the biggest hand tool user. So I'm, I'm sure there's people out there like Pachudo, stop saying it wrong. <laughs> I never know Lee, Lee Nielsen Valley. Lee, yeah. yeah, there you go. Yeah, just Lee Lee jam Valley. it all together in one thing and be done Lee Valley Nielsen. Yeah. yeah. Cool. Well, um, before we talk about what we're working on, I want to th- just call out a big thank you to our buddy Joseph Minch. Yes. He gave us a donation this week. Awesome dude. Cool. Always supports the show. Um, so I just want to say thanks to Joe for that. Just as we started, Joe sent me a nice nice email about my little guy, Woody, who passed away this morning. Oh, man. Yeah. yeah. Unfortunately, uh, he was, he's been sick for a while, and we expected it. And so it just ha- so happened it happened while he was sleeping, which was actually a relief for everybody. So. Hmm. Yeah. Sorry to hear that. So, Joe, thank you for that. I'll email him anyway, but it just came in when we started. Yeah, Joe's been a a big supporter of me for a long time. He's also been telling me to change my name from the Drunken Woodworker to something else. And I'm like, no, I'm going to stick with it. I'm going to stick with it. (laughs) And then then the day that I changed it, he sent me an email, kind of like a, I told you so. (laughs) It's great. He's a good dude. I like uh, Yeah. So I want to say a a big thanks to him and also um, our Patreon supporters. Um, our top supporters there are Luis Gonzalez and Jeremy White. And so I just want to shout out to those guys and everybody that supports us on Patreon. Uh, we, we're really grateful for that support and it's awesome. Yeah. So what are we working on? What are you guys working on? Are you, are you actually working on anything yet, David? Or is this week number three <laughs> of I'm not doing anything. <laughs> it sounds like I'm really lazy, but I'm not really working on anything yet. Um, when we but, say, when we ask that question, by the way, we're not talking about this exact second. Yeah. <laughs> Within the last week. Yeah, that's what I, we're talking I have about. no real projects in progress right now. There's a bunch of them that uh, kind of do shortly because uh, I'm working on some videos with Rockler, um, a, a project video. Plus, um, Rockler was kind enough to send me uh a laser engraver. And, oh, I uh, saw yeah. that. I was going to grill you on that. That's so, awesome. Um, I am, I'm 
we have a contract where I'm going to do a bunch of videos for them. Some videos are just for their channel and some videos are for mine, but it's kind of like getting started in laser engraving and laser cutting and then getting started with the software and then oh, a handful so, of so actual jealous. project videos. And so uh, I got the laser engraver just a few days ago and I am like really, I'm like, I got the books out. I'm studying it. I'm trying to learn the software. Um, I'm soaking in all kinds of ideas from Pinterest and, and, and the web. Uh, Instructables is a, is a great place for, for ideas. So I kind of want to, I don't want to in, in typical Pachuto fashion, I don't want to do the normal stuff. I, I, I try to want to come up with some original ideas. So I'm, I'm working on things with that. So there's a bunch of laser engraving videos coming out soon. Um, and I got a cool little, um, I guess it would be like a jewelry box video with some fancy hinges and stuff that's coming out real soon. And then I'm also, I am working on some shop furniture. So I'm moving, um, I'm rearranging my basement, making better use of the space. And, uh, my office is now kind of like the, the maker space now because the laser engraver is in my office and the CNC is going to get chopped down to size a little bit. And that's moving to my office and then, uh, you know, so working Are you on gonna build it, build an enclosure for the CNC. Yes. I'm building Yeah. I'm, um, I'm reducing the, the depth of it, um, by about a, uh, a third. And then I'm going to like with cr- clear acrylic, make a, a lid that lifts up and it's going to, th- I might do your little light trick, Bob, for your, your electronics table. Mm-hmm. So I can still film in there and then, uh, some, uh, like a kind of like a dust collection hose is going to go in there. And so I'm work, I'll be working on that. I'm, I'm pretty sure I'll make a video on that as well. Awesome. And another thing that I did with my shape Oco two that I haven't done on the new CNC is I took a strip of those same LEDs with the adhesive on the back and put it underneath oh, the gantry. Ooh. Yeah. <clears throat> so it shines down onto the workpiece. Oh, that's smart. So I always get might, shadows when I do that. It's, yeah. You yeah. might want to think about that. Um, it, no, the only bad thing about that is it's behind the bit. Right, because the spindle's in front of those lights, mm-hmm. but you know it still gives you more light down on the workpiece. Yeah, so the gantry's not actually causing shadow, but yeah. yeah and tip. you can run that if you get that twelve volts, you can run it right into the uh, same power supply. Too. Oh, nice! Yeah, yeah, yeah. Cool. Um, so, what am I working on? I've been so busy, like a lot of busy stuff, like small things that I promised a lot of people, some fan stuff that I promised, and. Uh, but the big the big thing this week is I'm working on a brand job. I'm not videotaping any of it, but I've actually been Snapchatting a little bit about it. And um, so it's a it's a brand job for the for my friends that uh, do all the liquor branding. But it's not liquor; it's a different kind of uh, vice that I'd rather not say because I don't want to get hate mail. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> Let's talk offline. <laughs> no, uh, it, what do most people do? They 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 drink and uh-huh. They they drink and smoke, so it's about it's an electronic cigarette company is what I'm working for. Uh, so I'm just doing some branding um, for them for for an event that's going to take place like a, two days after we return. So if I don't get everything done before tomorrow night, I'm gonna, probably going to have to drive it to uh, to Delaware in a couple of days after we get back. So I've got a lot of driving under my belt coming up, mm-hmm. and um, I actually finished uh, a locket star key. That's going to be on Make Magazine. It'll probably be up by the time this this airs. And um, also by the time this airs, I'm going to try and get up my tool, my chest of tools, the chest of drawers for tools. I don't know what to call it. The chest of tool drawers. Chest of drawers. <laughs> it looks like a card catalog, but it's not for cards. Well, so, get uh, get tool, David involved. Tool He's catalog, the, right? Yeah, that's a good idea. Tool catalog. We just came oh. up with that right now. All right, there you go. I was going to yeah. say get David involved. He's, he does the, uh, you know, the... He's oh, like, David's really good. I mean, I don't know. If, did we talk about that when he was on? He's really good with like coming up with words and names. Like he came up with the name for the word witchblade and uh, some of the other more clever things because I'm not yeah. that clever. I don't know how to spell anything. He, when he told me, <laughs> we call it the witchblade, which this one or that one. I'm like, you mean there's two ways to spell the word witch? I don't even know. <laughs> <laughs> so I learn stuff all the time from David when it comes to <laughs> the English language. And uh, yeah, so I'm working on that. And the video is just, I just need to put the gold pulls on and then get that final money shot. And uh, and that's good. But uh, yeah, I've been Snapchatting a, a lot this past week. I spent a few days up at the house and I got a lot of work done up at the house, working at the house on some customer projects. 
client jobs. And so it's good. I, I really need to start cranking out some videos. So all this busy work has been keeping me from actually making videos and make magazines a little bit on my case. They want me to try and stick to my schedule every other mm-hmm. Thursday. So I'm good. I got this one out and i am got a couple of more videos done for my book. When I say we, we've been, we made a whole list of videos to, to do my book on that I was going to batch out the videos as we went, but it's been taking so much time to get that list knocked down that, uh, the ghost writers involved, well, they're not, you know, they're going to be on the cover. The name's going to be on the cover. John, my co-writer is going to, he just basically looked through all my videos and said, why don't we just use all these? They are the exact same thing. And nobody knows the story behind any of them. So, hmm. so there's going to be some classics, some new ones, some classics, uh, throughout the book, you know, we're going to, we basically broke it down to plastic, wood, metal, sewing, leather, all these different types of categories. And this video is cited for each one of these examples. Oh, that sounds awesome. Yeah. It's going to yeah. be fun. It's just, uh, for, for me, it's just, I look at the list and I just go, Oh God, I'll never be able to make it through that. But we're slowly ch- chipping away at each one of the different categories by choosing videos and choosing to make certain videos that don't exist yet. So hmm. working on that and then playing with my X car, which is, is a little hard for me because I don't have internet. So I'm running around with like the last page open on the browser, trying to make that work. It's not working for me, but I'll figure that out soon. Yeah. But that's yeah, it. That, that would be tough. <laughs> I'm curious so, to know what Bob's working on since Bob is like six or seven projects ahead. I'm not that far ahead. <laughs> uh, I'm a couple ahead. But actually, before I say what I'm working on, I wanted to, to do a little follow-up to my um, uh, recommendation from last week. And I know I don't have to do this, but I feel kind of compelled to do this. So I recommended last week Mr. Robot, a TV show, right? And I had said at the time that I had only watched a couple of shows. Now, I don't watch a whole lot of TV, so I'm not sure, like, what the tolerance is for, like, what TV is like now. Is this a redacting? <laughs> is this a redacting? This, this is not a redacting. This is, this is me saying, if you haven't, like, I didn't, I watched a couple more episodes and was kind of knocked off guard by some of the content in this show. And, you know, I just didn't know that ahead of time or I would have said something about it with the recommendation. So if you're going to go watch that show, just be aware of the content and (laughs) the stuff in it. I'm going (laughs) to leave it at that. Okay, I just didn't want that to go unsaid that like I was like, hey, check out the show. It will really, you know, surprise you. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so I got that out of the way. Um, What I've been working on, I put out the video today about kind of introduction to 3D printing. And I took a just a little problem in my shop to solve and showed the process of like modeling and printing and you know like what that looks like, and so that was really good to get that. Um, I think hopefully I'd answered a lot, some questions for a lot of people. But since I've done that, I've started working on another longboard video, and I've got it here. I was showing it to the guys on camera. You guys can't see that, but it's um, it's for my wife, and, and she plays roller derby, and so I made her a board in her team colors. And it's got her name printed on the bottom of it, um, her derby name. They have, like, different names. She's not allowed to use it during the derby, is she? No, no. It's, it's roller skates, not roller. Yeah. That would be a whole different game. Wow. But, yeah. Um, yeah. So I, I've been making this longboard, and it's using a uh, vacuum bag instead of a press. Oh, yeah. Those are cool. Yeah. And it worked surprisingly well. So it Did was, you make you your know, own vacuum of, bag, or did you buy a kit? I bought a kit, okay. and it's from a really good company. It's like a really well-priced kit for what it is. But I cut out the form for the board on the CNC oh, nice. out of foam, and so I could model it, you know, 3D model the form, cut it out with the CNC, and then put the layers of the plies for the wood, you know, glue them together, put them on top of this form, put it all in the vacuum bag, suck the air out of it, and it pulls it down to the form. Oh, can we and see it, that? Can you hold it up again? Yeah. Now that I know how you made it? Yeah, it's uh, so it's not very. There's not a whole lot of shape to it, but you can kind of see. Yeah, there's a a tail and a nose, and even like down the length of it, there's like a little curve to the outside. So you you know you can kind of grab it with your toes or your heels. But um, as a first pass, you know it was pretty cool to work with forming like you know bending wood, and so this bag is big enough that I can bend big things. It's like a seventy inch bag, I think, Mm -hmm. maybe by. 18 inches wide or something. So, you know, I could do bending for larger pieces for other things as well. So, and how did you, you exhaust the air out of it? Did you have- it's got this cool little valve on it that you use a shop vac to put it over this valve. It sucks the majority of the air, and then they, it comes with a hand pump. Oh, so cool. you put this little hand pump on it, and it pulls, like, the last little bits out. 
Oh, uh, so you're not using yeah. like a little um, air compressor motor type thing? No, no, you don't need to with this system. Most of them you do. Vacuum you know, pump. This, yeah. It's that's pretty cool. really cool. So that, that's going to be a video. Yep, that'll be up um, you know, right after this, go, or the next week after this show goes up. Wow. Yeah, so that's, that's cool. So, so where did you get the veneers to, to do that? Uh, from the same company. They're called Roar Rocket, and they're out of Canada, I believe. And uh, I'll put a link to them in the show notes and everything. But they sell everything you need to make, you know, they, they sell the bags. They sell a bunch of different types of plies. You can get them in sets of different different wood types and different um, wood colors. You know, they stain them and stuff. And it's pretty cool, though. It's a good system they have set up. Yeah. I look forward to that that video. Yeah. It's, inter- it's an interesting one to edit because it's like modeling – CNC, mm-hmm. <laughs> bandsaw, painting, you know, it's like a whole big process yeah. of all this stuff. But um so wow. it might be longer than normal, but wow. Well, uh, uh when what do you guys call a long video? Cuz lately I have a, my next video is going to be 20 minutes long. Uh, 10 minutes is a long video for me. I mean, most of mine are shorter than that. I think we discussed before, I don't shoot for a certain time. I don't know that any yeah. of us do for a certain time. We're just trying to tell the story in yeah. the yeah. shortest amount of time as possible. But if it takes 20 minutes to show how to do something, it takes 20 minutes, right? Yeah, well, it's fine. If it, if it drags anyway, I watch it a bunch of times. And if it starts to drag, I try and speed it up. But then, you know, thankfully, I get some comments where people say, wow, that 20 minutes went really fast, you know, instead mm-hmm. of saying it dragged. But, yeah, sometimes you got to jam it all in there, and that's what it takes. It's as quick as you make each little snip. You know, it still ends up 17, 18 minutes, but people are watching them. So I'm not going to complain. And it depends for me, like watching those as a, as a viewer, it depends on who's doing the 20 minute video. You know, there's a lot of people that even if I find them interesting, I know that 20 minutes will be a tedious 20 minutes, you know, 10 minutes for them would not be tedious, but like for yours, um, it's I I can expect to get through a twenty minute video and not feel like it's been twenty minutes, but I still have to set aside twenty minutes to of be course, able to physically. <laughs> of course. So. Sometimes I, it's like it's funny. Dave and I, Dave was showing me his latest video, and I was and we watched it, and I didn't tap the screen once. He goes, "Wow, you didn't tap the screen once to see what the timeline was," because you know we have a tendency to be like, "Okay, let me see how invested." <laughs> tap the screen. And go, oh, okay, the red line's a third of the way. Wow, I really got to sit this through. You know, like that's a little mental adjustments you have to make when you're watching. A eight minute video. I think that's yeah. where, like, you know, when you learn to do different shots and your, um, um, the, the way you crop it, the way, you, the way you shoot it and what you're shooting, I think that it's that skill that you pick up over time. And that's where it really becomes important to keep things moving along, to keep mm-hmm. the, you, the, the viewer interested and entertained. And cause you're doing more than just teaching at a certain point at, at some point it's, it yeah. needs to be entertaining. Well, I mean, I know I said this before. It's the same exact thing I learned while I was teaching, you know, while I'm teaching 25 students. If I'm sitting there monotone and not trying to be silly and not trying to be stupid, I lose them. But if I, you know, if I, if I'm goofy and silly and try to be funny and pick on one person that likes to get picked on, they're engaged and they're listening. So, mm-hmm. you know, you said something um, in, I think it was in that same conversation. Uh, you said something about, um, Oh gosh, what was it? Getting in early and no, leaving oh. early and getting in late. That something yeah, yeah, that? yeah. That's I learned that from a David Mamet book about uh, screenwriting. He said get get into a scene late and leave out early. Trust that's your audience to know what yeah. the pieces that are missing are. Yeah, and so I've ever since you said that, I've kept that in my mind when I'm editing, and that's become like a pretty big indication of how transition should be between shots yeah. for me. That's that's good, good advice. Yep. Well, I've been making another video I've been working on is, is the ice pick video where I'm doing a production. I'm making like, I'm making 100 ice picks. And all I have to do is film each little process like three times and then I could just repeat that same process three times, crop the camera, flip it, and show it three, t- three more times instead of me literally showing me doing 15 times. Mm-hmm. So it's been actually a quick video to shoot because I'm just like, okay, let me three of those. Give me three of those. Give me four of those. Three of those. And uh, I haven't started putting it together yet because I'm not done. But it's the same thing where it's like I just I'm going to end up with two hours of video to put together for something that's kind of boring. I got to remember to keep it interesting and quick and fast. So yeah. <clears throat> so and, 
I was just going to say real quick, I, yeah. I have never been a big fan of multi-part videos. And for the reason is, um, it's just, it always feels like you finish the one and you, you want, you're ready for the second one, but it's not there yet. And then there's also, if the, um, if the viewers didn't like the first one, they're definitely not going to watch the second one and you're, you're going to lose that, that, in, that engagement or whatever, mm-hmm. or it's possible somebody didn't see the second one or the first ones. And mm-hmm. so I've never been a fan of multi-part videos. I like, I never actually made the only one I did with a part one of was when I made the table legs, but I never indicated that it was part one of anything. And so coming into Thanksgiving, I'm going to make a full table and we're planning on having several people upstate at the house and my friend's going to cook and we're going to have a big feast. So that video is going to end on the Thanksgiving table. Oh, so it's nice. going to be me. So I'll do a little like, Hey, remember I did this video where I made these legs. Yeah. Today I'm making the table and then it's going to end on Thanksgiving dinner. So nice. That's and, uh, and real quick, before we jump into the subject, another reason I don't like multi-part videos is because I always like to show the finished product at the beginning of my videos. That way the, the viewer knows exactly what I'm going to yeah. make. They know what to expect. And yeah, if, if it's that. not for them, they can leave right then and there. You know, so. mm-hmm. yep. I think I, I agree with you, but I also disagree with you. <laughs> I like that. <laughs> because I, I think there's a way to, to do that. And this is me planning ahead, but not having any experience with this. So, you know, I may not really have any idea what I'm talking about. Um, but so I'm looking at my arcade build and there's no way that could be one video, right? That would be an hour long, even sped up. It would just, it's just huge. There's a, too many things to it. Do you ever watch, so that, there's a, there's a, there's a machinist. I might've mentioned his name, Keith Ferner. His videos are like 45 minutes of him just making one whole cut in a piece of steel <laughs> and people watch them. Yeah, they stay through because that's the mentality of machinists is to do things long and slow. Hmm. So, I mean, if you did put together a 45-minute video, we can call it this week on I Like to Make Stuff. You do like the voiceover <laughs> thing and you can make it like an epic release. <laughs> well, the way It's I'm already going to be an epic release. We've been talking about it for a year. Yeah, if it ever happens. It's it'll happening. Be, yeah. So the way I'm planning to do that is to break the whole project rather than like just going for 10 minutes and then stopping wherever I'm at at 10 minutes and saying next week on, you know, and here's part two, <clears throat> I'm going to break it down into, into pieces that's, that work together. So if you're interested in the, just the cabinet build, that's the woodworking end of it, then you'll see the first one. And then if you're just interested in how to actually get all the electronics working, oh, yeah, that's smart. that'll be the second one. Mm-hmm. And then the third one will be like the graphics on the side, which, by the way, I got the final graphics from my artist friend. Unbelievable. Nice. I'm so excited I'm about so, seeing these. So, so, so your way, each piece lives on its own. You don't have to watch yeah. them all. You can watch. Right. Yeah. That's one yeah. thing. I, that's one, that, those are the type of multi-part videos that I do like. And uh, it's funny. I just completely forgot that I'm working on the Chevy with a multi-part video. And... Uh, I had update one where I just basically talked about what my plans are. And now update two is going to be me actually doing the brakes. And I haven't, I, I haven't done the back brakes yet. So I can't do that until that piece is done. So I'm kind of keeping the same mentality unconsciously, you know, make sure like the one thing is like a, a, a chunk of something interesting. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm, I'm already, I just now realized that I'm going to be getting comments about the fact that I'm going to start doing pro- uh, some videos about my Land Cruiser, and they're going to go, "Oh, Jimmy's doing car videos." I guess <laughs> <you're doing> that. <laughs> that will happen, but that's okay. That's cool. Hey, that's okay, you know what it is? It's it's another tool for us to work on. Yeah, because I I want to do an arcade cabinet myself too. So I'm probably if when I build one, I'm probably going to film it. So I'm going to be like, "Oh, you're just doing." You're just doing yeah. Bob's. I'm like, I've been I've been planning this thing since before I knew Bob. I just <laughs> like Bob. I haven't gotten around to it yet. Yeah. Well, that, you know, th- this is a whole topic that we should not talk about now because I'm actually working on a video about this topic. But um, <laughs> wait, wait, wait. Hold on a minute. I thought about what you're about to think about. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. <laughs> I feel like this no, is an inception. Yeah, this might be an inception here. No, but about. Um, no, I don't even know how to, yeah, we, ha- we all have similar ideas because we're, we're into similar things. And there's a lot of that on YouTube where, you know, people who happen to like a probably also like B. So if one of them has done B, the other one will eventually probably want to do B as well. Mm-hmm. And that happens so much, but it somehow gets misconstrued as like copying or whatever, you know, anyway. Let's not talk about that. Let's talk about something else. Oh, you know, you just reminded me of something. 
You reminded me of something funny that I've blocked out of my life is the whole time I spent in the toy business in the 90s, we'd be out to lunch and we, we'd, me and all these toy inventors would be hanging out. And it's like this, it's, it's such a cast of characters. People always wanted to try and do a sitcom based on the toy business and the inventors, but nobody wanted to be involved because nobody wanted to give up their intellectual properties. Like, like they, a lot of guys have been solicited for reality shows about the toy business, but everyone's like, you know what? I don't want you filming my ideas because they're going to get stolen. Uh-huh. And uh, that's been the biggest part of it. And so whenever we were out to lunch during Toy Fair, which is one time, a big, big one time a year, uh, um, you'd, you'd be having coffee with like three or four guys. And you'd be like, hey, yeah, uh, oh, you showed Parker Brothers? Wait, what, ca- oh, what category are you working in? Well, I did a thing in the strategy. Ca- uh, uh, all right, I'll go outside. You can tell your story. I'm going to go outside. Like people didn't want to cross-reference stuff. Uh-huh. Like, oh, like you'd be walking around in Fisher-Price because they would let the inventors walk in. And so we'd walk around and somebody would pick up something and go, wouldn't it be funny if – oh, never mind. <laughs> they, they realize they're about to give away an idea. So everybody is guarded and being careful to not cross-pollinate because then all of a sudden it's like – if somebody goes, hey, you should make that blue, all of a sudden it's like, oh, man, now i got to give you two points or whatever I make on this thing because that is a good idea to make it blue. I should have thought of that. Mm-hmm. You know, so it's like there's always this little divvying up of, of royalties in, in that inventor game. I think all three of us try pretty hard to when we make something, we try to make it our own. Like, oh, of course, uh, a million people have done a coffee table, but the coffee table I did, as far as I know, I'm the only one with this particular design, and I yeah. I try very hard to make it my own. No, it's it's just like you know, it's like you listen to different. It's like you know, we're, we're all making music, and everybody's music is you know something someone different likes. But we're all in the same thing. So. But we're all ripping off the Rolling Stones. That's it. <laughs> <laughs> and they were ripping off tons of people. Yeah, so. all, all, the, all the blues guys. So. Yeah. Okay, so let's get to our real topic now that we've been through that topic. Well, What's we're, our real topic, Jimmy? <laughs> the topic is going to be um, before the first cut. Is that what we're calling this episode? Before the sure. first cut. And, and all the preparation and all the things that we do just before we, we actually start to work. Um, which is Which is, for me personally... I always sort of take the lead and ramble on. But <laughs> for me personally, I usually go right into the shop with a little pencil sketch and a notebook, and I just immediately start cutting wood. Um, sometimes, not very often, but sometimes I realize I might have made some bad cuts, and I go back and I rearrange it. But I always try never to be wasteful. But um, before the first cut, I mean, wh- what happens with me, my personal experience is if a client says, this is the type of thing I want to do, or these are the things I want to make, I start thinking about them and randomly I'll start to soak up reference on it. And I don't really actively go out looking for reference. Like I, I, I hardly ever look on Pinterest, although I know it's an extremely good resource. Uh, Taylor looks on Pinterest a lot and she actually will tip, tip the phone to me and say, look at this. And I'd be like, Oh wow, that's really cool. You know, when she knows it's applicable to a project, but if it's something that needs designing, I definitely marinate on it. So before the first cut, I spend a lot of time just thinking about it and looking at things like it. And looking at different styles, or looking at things that don't apply to it at all, you know, like uh, you know the way the way fifties cars are made, for instance. There's so many beautiful lines and and styling and little like juxtapositions in, in antique cars. You think to yourself, "Oh my god, these things, these like lines are so sexy next to each other." And so, you know, graphically, these are the type of things you get inspiration from. Um, and you think, "How can I apply that to a set of drawers I'm making?" You know, a drawer in a car. You know, they're both objects, but they're not very similar. But these are the type of things that I try to do. You know, I try to try and gather as much inspiration as possible. And I'm always very flexible. I think, I think it comes across in my videos, whether I'm working on a client job or something in a video. I'm always very flexible where I, I see a new opportunity that, that deviates from, from my, my loose plan. And then I, I'll jump on that and I'll start working on something in a different direction or take it, you know, take it somewhere new. So for me, the, before the first cut, a lot of time is spent just thinking. I don't draw that much. Uh, I do a couple of loose sketches, unless I really have a crystal clear idea that I'll, and if it's about a detail. I find I spend a lot of time drawing when it's very specific details that need to be problem solved. Um, but when it's like styling and I have a very clear vision in my mind, I, I don't often draw that much hmm. details. And I never go to SketchUp. Because I just get too frustrated. I don't know SketchUp that well. And I think I mentioned this a couple weeks ago. I find myself like on a video of some guy speaking broken English trying to teach me how to make a fillet. <laughs> and I'm like, wait, this isn't, this isn't me designing. This is me just like being frustrated. I'll just wait till I'm with somebody that knows how to use this program. My friend Ryan is really good at it. So I'll just 
deal with this tomorrow when I see Brian. But I, I really try to, to, you know, just let it marinate mentally. You know, I spin it around in my brain. I flip it over. You know how, like, those buttons, like, in a, in a design program, you can, like, spin that object in space and turn it over and flip it around? I do that mentally. Hmm. And it's kind of like, in the beginning of it, it's kind of like, you know how you have a dream and you don't really know what that dream really physically looks like? And you start talking about it and you're like, wait, I was in a kitchen. Wait, what kitchen was I in? I don't remember that kitchen. Wait, I don't remember exactly what the floor looked like. Mm -hmm. So that's kind of like my project started out like that, like a little bit of a dream. And then as I start thinking on it more and more, I start filling in the details. Hmm. So hmm. I'm done rambling. Sorry. So for me, before the first cut, I'll, I'll come up with like a project idea. Like, okay, I need to make... A coffee table. I'll just use that because that's one of my latest projects. And so the coffee table has been on a list of things to do for a long time. And and so it's like, ah, I'll just get pushed on the list. I know it's going to have a lift lid, whatever. And then what happens is after I already know that I'm going to make the project, but it gets pushed down the list, something happens like when I go to sleep at night and I'm like, what if I did this? And then oh, you have your breakthrough. I have my breakthrough because yeah. if I sit on the idea long enough, the breakthrough happens, and then that's yeah. uh, you know I'll sketch it out. I'm not the best sketcher, but uh, I'll, I'll sketch it out. And once I have a solid idea, then I go to SketchUp, which Jimmy hates, but I like it because it helps me. You know, I only hate it because I'm not good at it. Yeah. If I was good at it, I'd be bragging about it all the time. <laughs> <laughs> um, but it but it helps me remove any potential for disasters or failures it helps me problem solve mm. some things um, fills in the gaps and so once i have that in SketchUp, and, and i and i go to make it i'm usually pretty i stick to the plan i very very rarely will have um that oh i'm gonna do this instead down the road once in a while that happens sometimes i'll save that for a future idea especially in little things like boxes i'm like next time i do a box i'm gonna i'm gonna use that idea or this mistake to make this box better, but I stick to the plan. I kind of do a similar thing. I think um, I've noticed about myself that when I, st- I get an idea and unless it's something I already understand all the parts of, you know, if, if, if it's something I know how to do, just, I'll just go do it. But if I don't know how to do all the different parts, <clears throat> I've found that I make this gap in between the idea and the actual designing of those things or figuring out of the details, I'll make this gap and I'll be like, ah, I don't really have time right now to think through that fully. So I'm just not going to do it right now. I'm going to put it off. And I've found that so many of these projects that I think are actually like they, I think that they need more attention than they actually need to figure out. I just end up pushing them off. Hmm. The arcade is one of those where like, there are a lot of details that I'm trying to work into the thing, but really it's, uh, if I had, if I had just sat down in the beginning, I probably could have worked all that stuff out and not had it, you know, drag off, drag on for so long. But anyway, I've, I found that out about myself that if I let myself see a gap there, that I don't have time to put towards it. Then that the timeline just will drift and drift. I'm the same drift. way. I don't have, I don't know if I have a part of it solved. For instance, I, I did a video where I made a half, a, a half a video. It's not published of the crisp blade, the, the wavy blade. I made a beautiful blade. And now I don't know what the handle is going to be. And I'm, I'm playing with the idea of attaching a tool to it or trying to do some sort of mashup. And I just haven't seen the vision yet that really excites me. I could make some slick-looking knife maker blade handle thing, which just looks boring to me. For most of the knives that I see in the world, I'm like, oh, oh that's cool. It looks like any one of these hundreds of the knife makers could have made the same exact thing. So mm. um, that's I'm just trying to circumvent all that for me. You know, of course, if each one of them have beauty in and of themselves, but for me, I want to just try and do something that's totally exciting to me. And I'm yeah. having a hard time finding that vision for that. Yeah. So, I, I, go ahead. I was just going to say, sometimes, yeah, that excitement, sometimes it's not there, but when you have that breakthrough moment and that excitement hits you, that project is then moves on to my next project. And this has happened a couple of times where I'm like, ah, oh, we're going to in the future. And then all of a sudden I got to do this right now. And I'm yeah. on Amazon ordering all the hardware that I need for it and everything. So, yeah, that was my next thing in my notes. Like once I can get past that gap and I actually do spend the time to figure out like, Oh, this wasn't actually as complicated as I saw that as I thought it was. Then I'm like, 
now I have to go. I have to get this done because I know all the parts of it. It's all in my head. You know, I don't want to lose the context. It's all there. Just go do it. Get it done. Yeah. And uh, so I do that a lot. But I also found that in in a lot, not all, but a lot of the things, the projects that I've done, they're, um, they have mechanisms that I'm not used to. So there's like some sort of a, a way to connect two different materials that I don't have reference for. You know, I've never really seen how to put like a piece of PVC on a piece of wood that's the same size. You know, like what's the little connection point there? Like what's the best way to do that? So I find a lot of those little things. And it's just a matter of like sitting down on those details and like figuring this out and this out and this out and then I'm good. I don't try or I try not to um, go look for reference on a lot of those things that could be simply figured out. Like if I search for how to attach X and Y, I will find a hundred ways to do it. But I think one of the things that I enjoy most about what I'm doing is like just using what's around me and the pre-knowledge I have, what can I do to make this thing work? Even yeah. if it's not the best, even MacGyver if it's not the most up. efficient. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I, I enjoy that process of figuring something out. Mm-hmm. And that, that, maybe comes back to bite me a lot on projects where I'll publish a video and then somebody will immediately say, well, why didn't you do this? This would have been like way simpler. Yeah. You know, and, so and David, first, I was just talking about that a couple hours ago because like some people see what he does and they they don't understand the fact that he's just working with what's available right there and then, you know, yeah. and yeah. we're just having fun. We're not making videos that are going to basically tell the next generation exactly how something's done. We just have <laughs> yeah. fun. It's like, Oh, you know what? I got to split a piece of wood. All I have is this dumb ax. Let me try that. You know, he said a lot of people like you should have used the or this type of tool or that or a fro or this. And he's like, well, you know what? I don't have one. And, you know, I think most people understand that. Yeah. Yeah. So I like that process and I intentionally don't go out and like figure out how to make a long board. I just try to make a long board <laughs> and it's wrong and people tell me it's wrong, but I enjoy the <laughs> fact worry, that it's, oh yeah. But I enjoy the fact that, you know, I got to figure out a way to do it on yeah. my own. And so that's part of my process is figuring all those mechanisms. And another thing that a lot of the projects I do are kinetic. And so I had a question for you guys about this. Like if you make a box, a box is not typically moving. It doesn't have motion to it. It doesn't flex. It doesn't change, you know, uh, maybe a top or something. But if you make a swing arm for something that holds something, that has to move in a bunch of different ways. So the question is for you guys, do you approach those two types of projects, something that's fixed or something that's kinetic? I don't know if I can't think of a better word than that. Yeah. Do you approach the design process differently? For things like that, or do you just is it all kind of the same? No, for me it's totally it's totally different. If I'm making a box, it's like I don't even have to turn my brain on. I could think about three other things while I'm working on it because I know it just has to be a vessel. Yeah. you know what I mean. So I make boxes a lot. For instance, as an example, to hold like just trays of tools. Like I'm making all the ice picks. So I made these like little boxes to be like you know production trays. But when I'm making them, it's just like not even thinking about it. But if I had to make uh, I'm working on this bike desk thing that I told you I was videotaping. You know, I, I have to think about all those little steps because everything, nothing's really square. Everything's got to fit around the shape of a bicycle. And so I'm much more attentive to the details and, and the decisions that I make. So, yeah, no, it's definitely a different different process for for those type of, you know, those two categories of making things. For yeah, sure. Yeah, I think most of my projects are very static and they're, they're just what they are and they stay in that state so i don't don't know that i have a a good answer for that but i do know like when i did the um the the speaker build recently where i knew how to make the the cabinets for the speaker like like jimmy said i could do that in my sleep it was when it came time for the tolexing part that's where i was like i had to leave some things open i'm like okay Mm. when i get here now i have to do a little bit more research to figure out how to do Mm Uh, and then I ran into a problem. The Tolex that I ordered was three inches too short. So then I had to solve that problem. So, um, but luckily, I, I, there was room in there to make mistakes and to figure out how to do what I needed to do. Yeah, it's funny. I'm thinking like before the first cut. It's it's really for me. It's more like before the next step. It's like I jump mm-hmm. right in and do what I know is easy, mm-hmm. and it's like okay, oh, now I have to deal with this part. And like for instance, you know, this isn't a, a handmade project, but working on the truck. I've never bent tubes and made brake lines. I've never had to repair them or replace them. And so I did everything right up to that point until the parts come in the mail. I got the brake tubes. I got the, the fittings. I got the tool to flare the pipe. 
I just haven't gotten my, my brake parts yet. So I'm going to wait till they're all there in front of me. But we did do, when I say we, I'm talking about my friend Willie who's helped me. We did do whatever we could right up to that point. And so, you know, it's not like I'm waiting to touch the truck until I have that thing. So many projects are the same way. Uh, like when I made the truck bed, for instance, you know, there was a whole series of like breaking open the truck and flipping it out and then figuring out what type of shelves I wanted to make. Mm-hmm. I wanted to make vintage. I wanted to use all, I wanted to make all those shelves out of old weathered wood, but I didn't have enough of it. It wouldn't have matched. So I had to use new wood. And if I was going to use new wood, how was I going to do it? And then it might be an opportunity for me to make more. So I'm like, let me make this one this way. And the next one I'll make with the old wood. And so, you know, these are just, there's just compromises and decisions you make as you go along. Yeah. I really try to avoid the unknowns, but sometimes you, there's going to be an unknown when you get to a certain point. And, yeah. and the That's reason the I, best part, <laughs> the reason I try to avoid the unknown is because I cannot set aside the right amount of time to do that. Because that's an unknown. I have no idea how long it's going to take to solve that problem. I, I, I've been suffering with that issue even way back when I was doing web development. I'm like, yes, I can build you this website. But then there's this user portal that you want. That It's a big unknown. There's no way I can give you it's, a It's so funny time. you bring that up because I just uh, – I'm, I'm kind of spilling – I'm like doing like a brain spew in, an e- in a document. I'm writing a, a, a small article for, for Wood Magazine and uh, – they asked me to put together something and I said, Oh, how about, you know, fear of, you know, going outside your comfort zone. That's going to be the title of the article. At least that's what the working title is. And I just, the first sentence is like, <clears throat> how often do we just basically take the same path? Cause we know how much it's going to cost. <laughs> we know it's going to be solvable and we know how much time we can put to it. Yeah. Uh, and that's the thing. It's like when you go outside of that comfort zone, all of a sudden you're like, damn, I don't know how much time this is going to take. I got dinner at six o'clock <laughs> yeah. and yeah. tomorrow yeah. I'm supposed to do a whole nother project. So, you know, you have those two hours and you're like, okay, let me just go with what I know is going to work. Yeah. I think my tendency is to try to solve all of that stuff, like all of the potential problem before I do the, any cutting. And <clears throat> it's just my personality is that I try to think through all the steps all the way to the end, you know, stuff that will definitely change before I get there. But I just try to think through all the way to look at potential problems and try to plan out. And that ends up kind of coming back on me where I spend too much time in the planning process. I mean, again, Arcade is the perfect example of that. You know, like it would have probably been more efficient and more beneficial for me to just get started on making the part that I understood, making the cabinet part and not worry so much about how to do the next things to it. You know, just get to that point. And so that I was moving so that I had some progress, but my tendency is to just try to fix all of the problems before I do anything. And then obviously, like we've just said, you still have to be flexible because no matter how hard you try and how much you think you fixed, you didn't get it all. You know, <laughs> uh, I'm making an analogy in my mind. It's like, it's like walking through a, a haunted house. Like you, get a, you go in one door and you try and leave out the other door without getting killed. And you have all these decisions to make as, along the way. And you got to make the right decisions to get through the puzzle or to get through the maze. And then at the end, you leave with a finished product. So how do deadlines um, affect your first cut? Because I know in, in, in my shop, most of my projects don't have a deadline. And so that allows me to put them off. It allows me to think about them more. And sometimes mm-hmm. you overthink it and you overcomplicate it. But when I have a deadline, that's when I... W- work at my best that's when i'm like yeah of course for, for whatever reason i'm like the design pops in last second and then i know what i want to do and then i, I go i go and do that mm-hmm. no and uh, for instance this branding job i'm working on for the electric cigarette company i have to make these two desks they're semi-complicated and i talked a little bit about them on snapchat so some people might know what i'm talking about and those were the biggest time suck they're not complicated, but I just knew that was going to take the most time because it's a lot of they're – based, they're basically like a quarter. They're like one-eighth of a big giant circle, so they're just a big curve, and they're about six feet wide. And the top and bottom sill are all cut out, hand-cut out of plywood, and then there's two-by-fours, and it's wrapped with thin MDF, and then the whole thing gets wrapped with eighth-inch plexiglass, so it all looks like it's made out of plexiglass. And all black, dark color plexiglass. plexiglass. But making those desks was the most – time-consuming part. Not complicated, just time-consuming. So I made those up at the house 
weeks ago, and now they do in a couple of days, and I'm doing all the detail work down here in the city, which is, again, not hard, just tedious, but that was the biggest time suck. So when it comes to making the first cut for something that has a deadline, I try and get like the most complicated part out of the way so that I could deal with the details mm. in a little bit of comfort. Bob, do deadlines affect your workflow? Probably a little bit. I think I tend to just be more focused. So yeah, for me, deadlines, I think, just help me focus a little more and help me kind of shorten that gap from I have the idea to now I have to figure out all the parts. I, th- I think the deadline just helps me like just stay focused and get that stuff out of the way faster. I mean, oh. I really dislike deadlines, and I do my best not to have deadlines on things, but that are not self-imposed. I mean, I self-impose a lot of deadlines, you know, but, um, but as far as like having external, you know, people I'm doing stuff for, I try to avoid that as much as possible because I don't like it. I, I, I also don't like deadlines, but deadlines makes me work harder and better. I don't know why. So, um, most of my deadlines are just self-imposed, but then Sometimes there's that sponsored video or the, the videos that yeah. I'm producing for somebody else like like Rockler. I'm like, oh, oh, crap, I need that video done in two weeks. I really need to buckle down and get this done. And it just makes me a better maker, I think, even though I hmm. don't like deadlines. Yeah. Well, unfortunately, we all need deadlines, and they, they, they're horrible. <laughs> <laughs> I, I tend to st- – I'm able to stick to my own deadlines pretty well, though. Like I hmm. – if I can set them, the the thing is just like, I got to, if I put a date down, you know, for this project, then I can hit it. But the hard part for me is making myself put that date on the paper and say like, <laughs> okay, I'm committing to this, you know? So yeah. that's why, you know, I, and you guys are joking about me being ahead and planning a couple of months out in my projects, but that's exactly why I'm doing it is if I can set a date down and it's on my screen and I can look at it, then I've got a goal I work backward from that goal, you know, and it, it's, even if I missed it, it's not a big deal. It's not like I'm not going to fire myself, but I feel better about the fact that I'm like working toward a date, you know, that I've mm-hmm. decided on ahead of time. Yeah. It's good. Yeah. Cool. Well, uh, we got anything else to talk about on before the first cut? Uh-huh. Well, I think, uh, what I just learned about myself is the first cut. It's really, really about like before the next step. I said that a minute ago, but it's really just about like, Tackling what you know is 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 easy to do. For me, I mean, I'm talking about my own personal experience. Just tackling what you know that you could do right away, put to bed, and then you know really. And then while you're doing it, I've said this before. While you're doing it, your mind is marinating on what you're really having hard times with, <laughs> and you know you need to problem solve. So you're like, oh, oh, this is how this goes together. So that's going to help solve that other thing I was having problems with. Huh. So and to summarize for me, my different approach is remove all the unknowns as much as possible, so I can be efficient. Bob, to yeah. summarize for you. <laughs> I said too much stuff to summarize. <laughs> I just won't. How about that? All right. You have, my, you have, sum- it, you have it all done. Just my it. summarization is I need to finish my arcade machine. That's yes. My <laughs> yeah. So uh, let's uh, let's move on. What what uh, we've been watching? What have you guys been watching? So I have this channel, and I, I don't think I've mentioned it before. It's called Make It Extreme. And it only has, I'm taking a look here, has very few subscribers, um, 1,498. And so it's a fairly new channel and everything is just like its title. Everything is made extreme. So like the extreme bookcase table where like it's this little bookcase that a table pops up out of it. Um, and then there's the extreme glass grinder and the extreme bottle cutting machine. And they're all done in a very extreme way. It's just a really fun channel to watch. I got a feeling it's, it's going to blow up here. So, Oh, I just opened it up. It looks cool. I've seen that. The suitcase table is very cool. Yeah. 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 The guy's got a good concept started already. I love it. He does. He's I, 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 what I love about it is like, he only has a few videos, but they're very focused on making yeah. things extreme. So he has, he has a vision. Well, I'm going to give a shout out to, I'm not sure I'm saying his name right. T O M M O. Brian, B-Y-R-N-E. Do you guys know who that is? Yes. He's the guy that does our animations. He yes. does our animations. He takes <laughs> pieces awesome. of videos and turns them into animations. So yeah. he's got about 10 of them up right now. No, eight, actually. And uh, they're little snippets of funny stories that I might have said or Baba Dave might have said. And then they get animated with these very pixelated images of us, which look oddly 
familiar, even though they're so pixelated. <laughs> they're like 8-bit characters of us. Yeah, that's really funny. And uh, he most recently did the thing where I neglected my, my original tiny lathe got neglected until I bought the bigger one that would be mad at me if it knew that I neglected the other one. <laughs> so that was super, super funny. Yeah, I get so excited when he has when the, I get the <laughs> notification and he's got a new video up. So <laughs> yeah, that's really cute. Yeah, pretty awesome. Thank you for that. Um, so mine is there. It's a really big channel, and so people may have already heard of it called Corridor Digital. You ever heard of these guys? No. Yeah. So they do uh, visual effects, and they've been doing it for a long time. But they do like really, really good visual effects, and it's just a couple of guys. But they make a lot of videos that are like around video games but they're kind of brought into the real world. So it'll be them like a real world Mario Kart, you know, through the streets of LA or, <laughs> you know, I don't know all the, su- all the superheroes and video game characters you can think of. And like, wow, one these guys battle. have 3 million subscribers. Is that the one? <laughs> yeah. Wow. Yep, that's them. Um, but they, they just do really good stuff and it's always fun. Cause it's always usually based around, you know, pop culture, video game, superhero stuff like that. Um, so it's just fun to watch. They did one, I think they did it, um, that you may have seen where there were, it was Superman with a GoPro. It was like Superman flying around with somebody's GoPro. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. So they've done some videos that are extremely popular and, and everything, but they're just really good at what they do. They and, showed uh, how they did that, right? And like, did, Probably, yeah, yeah. That was good. And these same guys are a part of a couple of other channels. They do one called, uh, I think they're still doing it, called Land Party. And it's them and some other YouTube people playing video games, but they're really funny when they do it. And they all sit in a room together and they kind of trash talk and have a good time. And hmm. so, you know, it's just uh, if you're interested in video game stuff or you know, I'm watching visual, the, the visual, visual graphics are incredible. Yeah, they're just really good at it. Really, really good at it. So, incredible. Wow. yeah, that's my uh, recommendation for the week. Cool. Um, before we run. I want to tell everybody, well, it, I guess when, when you're hearing this, we're already in Kansas City. So I was going to yeah. say come see us, but you're either there or you're not. So, you know, hopefully yeah. you're there. Come see <laughs> us. Yeah. Um, but if you're not, you could. it would be almost like seeing us if you went to iTunes and left us a rating and mm. review. Mm. I like that. <laughs> leave, us a, leave us a good rating. Yeah, leave us a good a good review. If you don't have no. anything nice to say, don't say anything at all. That's what my mother always said. <laughs> I, I, I yeah. like I like honesty, but you don't need uh, to be mean, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh. Anyway, we do appreciate the reviews and the ratings, and it helps us get in front of more people, um, which helps us, you know, be able to continue to do the show. And we like doing the show. So do that. That would be awesome. Um, and if you're not at WIA right now where can these people find out about us david you can find me at make something.tv and um i just want to point out that next week when when it comes time to ask what we're working on i'm not gonna ha- i'm not there's i have no time between now and when we record next tuesday to work on anything so it's going to be the same exact answer. Have plenty of time to make origami on the airplane so there's no excuses. <laughs> that is right. true that is true so. <laughs> Yes, you can so find we'll just me. Skip you, we'll just skip you next week. <laughs> yes, please do. So. Uh, well, uh, JimmyDeresta.com. And I also want to give a shout out to, to Saw Stop, who we're going to get to see this weekend. They actually called me and gave me a brand new saw. And it's nice. coming. Yeah, so I'm going to do a little shout out video to them once it comes. Um, one of our fans saw my table, t- uh, saw a tip video and sent it to the marketing team there. <laughs> and they said, why doesn't this guy have a saw stop? He needs one. And they called me and they hooked it up. And so that's super cool of them. So thank you. Thank you. Saw stop. Good deal. That's awesome. Yep. Good. Um, all of my stuff is at I like to make stuff.com as usual. So that's it for us. See you guys in Kansas city and, uh, see everybody else next week. Thank you all. Keep it real. <laughs>